podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to one of the 10 best English-language Fiorentina podcasts on the internet. Welcome to Viola Station. Hello, Viola fans, and we're back a little bit sooner than the last time. I mean, we had a little bit of a break going into the last recording session. We're trying to be professionals about it, and, and here we are two weeks later. Uh, Tito, I want to start things off a little bit differently today. I, I think I think there's a different way to have this uh, conversation that you and I have been discussing over the past couple of weeks. And why not play it out in front of everybody else? And, and maybe after today's uh, podcast, people have some suggestions for us. So I know that you and I have been discussing potentially heading over to uh, Firenze in, in, in November of this year, watch one, maybe two games. Um, any updates? Where, what are we thinking? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm in for that. I think uh, a lot of what we've been talking about is, uh, you, you remember back before this whole pandemic started and we were uh, going to do a Viola Nation meetup in Florence, watch a game, get a block of tickets, all hang out together, everyone would get to meet each other, and then the recent unpleasantness occurred. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at this trip as our, our scouting mission for that, so that hopefully... Maybe in the spring, maybe maybe next season, we can actually get that off the ground, which would be really, really wonderful. So, yeah, I think that's that's definitely how I'm looking at it. Remember that the global viola party trying to get uh, at least representatives from all those different uh, global viola clubs, uh, some of those who listen and just some of those that we've uh, kind of met along the way. Um but yeah, I think it'll be a good opportunity. And, and we were looking at potentially overlapping a couple of games. On November 6th, uh, Fiorentina play away against Sampdoria. And on November 9th, Fiorentina play home to Salernitana. So I think, you know, based off of uh, um, our logic, pretty easy to get some, some tickets, uh, see some good game atmosphere with uh, Salernitana in, in town. Not not the biggest game. Uh, could be a nice, easy game for us and hopefully a win. And, uh, you know, as they're traveling away to Sampdoria, I think there's a good opportunity for us to uh, travel to one of the local viola clubs and, and uh, you know, sit down with them and, and see how they do it done on game day atmosphere. Yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. I think that'd just be an, a real blast. And, uh, hey, just with Salernitana, too, you know. <laughs> you remember what happened last year there? So uh, this is this is going to be our first long silence here as a punchline. Positivity. Let's move on. <laughs> well, all right, Mike. So, yeah, if anyone's got suggestions for us there, we're, we're listening. You know where to find us uh, on Twitter at Viola. Or if you want to join. Or if you want to join. Yeah, if you want to come hang out with us in Florence, we're not going to say know. no. Uh, you can also hit us on the website, violanation.com, of course. Drop a comment. We're around. But, uh, Mike, let's go ahead and do this. What are you drinking? I, I was debating if I was going to have a drink. I was afraid it was going to put me to sleep. I did mention that my two-year-old had me up uh, for about three hours last night and uh, a couple times sporadically in between. 
not much sleep. Uh, I, I don't know if it was just, you know, the, the spirit of the podcast, or maybe it was a little bit of guilt. I don't know. But either way, I did go back to the half a bottle that I had left over of uh, 2015 Castello Romatorio, which is a uh, beautiful, one of my favorites, uh, Brunello di Montalcino. Um, always love the artwork that they come out with on their labels each and every year. And, and this one uh, in 2015 does not disappoint. And certainly the wine itself never disappoints either. Uh, so I highly recommend the uh, Romatorio uh, Brunello di Montalcino in the 2015. I've had the 2016 as well. Also very good. Um, but that's where I'm at. How about you, man? What are you drinking? Wait for it. Oof. It is our local uh, Seattle crappy mass-produced lager called Rainier after the mountain. Although we usually refer to it as, as Ranier because we're real fancy. Or I, I guess if you are in, in um, Seattle, maybe it's Rainier. Yeah. It, it's always uh, raining, so it's a little bit rainier than anywhere else. Producer Mike is glaring daggers at us right now, so we're <laughs> going to move on. But uh, everyone, give, give Mick Mike a round of applause for that. The man is clearly a dad. Um, no birthdays or anniversaries, so I think we're just going to jump right into it. And uh, I think we probably got to start with transfers again, don't we? Because that's what everyone cares about at this time of year. A uh, lot of cool stuff. We talked about all of the uh, official arrivals last time out. Uh, probably worth touching again on Dodo real mm -hmm. quick here. Sounds like the deal is pretty much squared away. The only problem is that Fiorentina needs to free up a non-EU player slot. So Dodo is hanging out in uh, Milan with his family, taking pictures in front of uh, old buildings and looking very pleased, which is nice. Do you have any idea if any of the terms have changed from what we talked about last time, or is it pretty much, pretty much done as expected? Uh, the only thing that seems like it changed is just a few bonuses, which could elevate the overall value of the deal. Uh, I know they were also starting to talk a little bit about potential um, percentages of future sales, but, you know, we'll see in time. I, I think that just really what we need to focus on is for, for another time in this window, Fiorentina signed a very, very, very good and very promising player here. Um, so promising that his agent has already come out and said, you know, he'll be leaving soon. Don't get used to him being here. But, uh, you know, he, he, he's going to excite a lot of fans here. No doubt about it. Yeah, that I, I could not agree more with that second part, at least. Uh, having a uh, having another right, really any right back so that we don't have to repeat the uh, Marco Benassi's fullback adventure <laughs> of last season, which uh, I, I can't say that I particularly enjoyed. I don't think I don't think anyone really enjoyed that. Marco included, poor guy. Uh, although he was he was game for it, given that. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. So you're you're saying pretty much what we can hope is like maybe two two good years out of Dodo, and then move them on. If we can, I mean, I I think uh, two years would be great. I think his agent's talking about like a year stay, and then a quick move. But you know that all that's contingent on how well he performs and the spotlight that he has on him. What we do know, though, is once a player signs a contract and those terms are agreed to, 
Fiorentina will dictate when you leave. We know that. There's no doubt about it. So you, oh, you just boy. have to be mindful of what's going on. Oh, boy. That, yeah. I mean, oh, boy. That a lot of things we could talk about off of that, based <laughs> off of that sentence. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, one of the other things that's really funny to me about Dodo is that if you go on FB Ref and look at the, you know, they do the thing where they find statistically similar players. Some of the some of the names that pop up are really good players. Uh, mm-hmm. Serginio Des, Tom Tadbor, Akraf Hakimi, Manuel Lazzari, and, of course, whole hashtag free Lirola, which is just hysterically funny to me. So, uh I guess we have that to look forward to also, but I mean, <laughs> all joking aside, I, I think that Dodo is going to be a big hit in Florence yeah. and Hey, who knows you end up in Florence, you go hang out at the Piazzale Michelangelo. I mean, you know, you fall in love with the city. Maybe he'll want to stick around for a little bit longer. Who can say he's been in the city already a couple of weeks trying to find a place to stay. He's enjoying the, uh, the sites, the surroundings. And, and again, you know, you have a choice. You can go to the beach, which is an hour and a half, and, and you can see some of the most beautiful beaches. Go out to the Tuscan Hills, anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour and a half. Some of the best landscape. You can go up north to the, the uh, you know, Tuscan Alps and, and everything. And you have it all. Like, what's not to love in Tuscany and Florence? And, and you've got... Uh... Antonio Rosati to serve as your tour guide, which is probably the and best singer. part of all of it. Yeah, yeah. provide you with a local history in song. So yeah, Ser- looking, serenading them. I love it. <laughs> looking forward to getting Dodo in. Uh, I think I think the next one, maybe these next few are not so certain, but I think they will all make you happy, Mike, because it's all it's a bunch of midfielders now who Fiorentina are linked to. Recognition, finally, finally, some recognition that we need to stud. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, Daniela Prade is listening to this podcast and uh, yes. taking you seriously after all yep. these years. All, uh, of those, all of those letters I keep sending him and, and signing yours, yours faithfully, Mike McCormick, please sign a midfielder, are working. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely what it is. Like, Send in some Philly cheesesteaks. He must love those Philly cheesesteaks. Ship well overseas. Yeah, in a paper envelope, I imagine. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely. Those wrapped three spots wrapped by myself dangerous uh, <laughs> uh so yeah let's, let's talk the first one i think maybe the most exciting name in some ways is uh belongs to giovanni lo celso who uh i think would pretty well fit that bill as a uh the most attacking midfielder in a three uh he was at valencia last year on loan from spurs and was fantastic for him helped him knock out Bayern Munich in the Champions League helped him knock out a uh, certain group of Notts County cosplayers as well. And he's just a, just an, I think he's a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, super athletic, good passer, good dribbler, good shooter, clever with his movement, contributes defensively, like just very complete. And I think he would do superbly well in Florence. What do you think he's a fit? Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, some, some injury histories that we have to worry about. Um, not always on the pitch when you need him, uh, which is, is definitely a concern, but I think he's what, 26, still very young. Uh, you know, Fiorentina are, are able to come in at, at a pretty, and I, I say this, 
understanding it, it, it's not a low because it's, I mean, he's still just a great player, but it, when you think about the the span of his career thus far, it is at a, at a low point in his career, you know, we're able to, to get in pretty low on him. Um, but, you know, knowing how the team breaks out in different factions, getting another Ar- Argentinian national to come in and fit in perfectly with those that we already have here. I, I think it's a, it's a no brainer and it's a value add in an area that we desperately, desperately need. Even if, even if Castrovilli was here, it would be an upgrade, significant upgrade over Castro. And that's nothing against Castro. This guy is just that good. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it'd be a great deal. Uh, I think he would fit in super well. I think he's a tactical fit. I think he'd probably get along with everyone having a Nico Gonzalez and Lucas Martinez Cuarta around to help ease that transition. His teammates in Argentina certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, also, he does have Italian uh, citizenship as well. So no worries about a non-EU slot even. Yep. Uh, I think here's the question for me, though. He's, he's got a contract that runs through 2025. So it's not like he's he's running down his deal or anything. How much do you think he would cost? You know, I, 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 I'll be honest, I haven't seen too many numbers uh, associated with this. Uh, when you take a look at the valuation of a player, I mean, he's somewhere in that 23 million euro range. Um, here, here's where I'll start giving credit to Prade and Barone. They have been able to negotiate in ways that I have never understood uh, a, a, a successful negotiation could come from. They've been able to, to negotiate some real uh, great opportunities for Fiorentina to buy from. I, I mean, if we can get this player, honestly, at $15 million, which Tottenham is, is looking to rebrand, he's not part of their future. They're not hurting for money. And, you know, there's an opportunity to build better relations with uh, the Tottenham and Fiorentina group. And we know that there's been conversations in the past of selling players from Fiorentina to Tottenham. You know, here's an opportunity for them to, to get on board here. So 15 to 20 seems to be about the right number. And, and if Barone and, and Parade can get it down to 15, I mean, can you imagine what type of player we're getting at that point? Yeah, wow. Bob. That would be spectacular. Sorry, uh, producer Mike informs me it's, I said Valencia, not Villarreal. He was at Villarreal last year. Sorry, guys. Those Spanish teams that start with a V always throw me a little bit. But yeah, I think, I mean, clearly Spurs want to move on from him, right? Like, yeah. which, which I don't really get. It's not like they're chock full of superb midfielders. But I guess, yeah, I, I, well, whatever. English teams are weird with this stuff. So I could I could see them letting him go for 20 mil. Yep. And I think if you get a chance to grab Lacelso for 20 mil. And he's still 26. Yeah, did, exactly. Talk about another player that I did not believe he was 26. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had him like 29, 30 in my mind. He has been on the scene for a while. I mean, I still yeah. remember when he moved to uh to PSG. What was that? Yep. Like 2017? Uh, out of nowhere, he was supposed to be the next big thing, and it just never quite worked for him there, which, I mean, is no knock on him. That's PSG is just kind of a mess a lot of the time, I feel like. 20, 2016, I'm seeing for, uh, for, yeah, about 11, 12 million. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just he's had a slightly weird career. Mm-hmm. 
but I, yeah, I think he would be just such a such a good pickup, and would definitely solidify the midfield, provide a lot of a lot of structure there. Yeah, uh, and yeah, just such a motor on him, just never stops working. I think Italiano would love him. Could really count on to to set the set the tempo in the midfield, both with and without the ball. Yeah, and and think about it from from a national standpoint, the amount of of playing time that he would have in Fiorentina, the amount of success that I believe he would have here as well, would really solidify that playing time with Argentina, and and he would start playing with a bunch of players also that are vying for playing time with that national club. So. Uh, um, I, I think all around this deal makes the most sense in my mind. Yeah. I'm, and I know I'm we're going to talk about a couple others, we but are. we yeah. are, we are, but no, I'm no, I'm glad we're in agreement here that, uh, that La Celso is probably the best possible option. So yeah, here's, here's hoping that, uh, Daniela Prade and Joe Barone and, and company can, uh, can make that work. Uh, you know, Nicolas Bordiso has that connection with Argentine players. And I really hope that he can, he can get it going again. Yep. Uh, I think next name we should talk is a little bit closer to home mm-hmm. for a lot of uh, for a lot of Serie A watchers. Luis Alberto. Yep. Uh, I mean, what, what do you think? What do you think here? As excited? It, it, there, there's definitely excitement there. I mean, this is this is a a next level player. Um, we've talked about him before, for starter. You know, so we've we've talked about the Alberto. Uh, linkage this year on our podcast and and uh it's definitely exciting um you know i i think you know as a guy who's 29 and looking for changing at 29 i thought he was going to be older um i i do like this again an attacking uh player somebody who can play behind a striker um, somebody who plays off of the ball well can distribute, can can you know certainly get some goals, which is exactly what this club needs. Um, but from a profile standpoint, if you're asking me which one do I prefer, selfishly, I'm going to go with Lacelso because number one, a little bit younger. Number two, I think you know we could probably get that uh, uh, purchase for a little bit less than we may be able to get for, for Alberto. Uh, number seems to be around 2025 is what we're, was what we're hearing uh, pretty consistently. And I'm also surprised that he's not getting much more higher club attention than he is. He's the type of player that has had a lot of success over the past few years. Uh, I, I am surprised that he's not attached to a little bit bigger clubs. And I think ultimately, if he's going to push his way out, you'll see a, a bigger club knocking on the door there. So I, I think that it may not ultimately be the best fit for us in the end. I'm, I'm with you, but I think for slightly different reasons here. Uh, I think as a creative passer, he's absolutely fantastic. I think he's his ability to put the ball in dangerous areas is as good as anyone in Italy right now. Just a, just a wonderfully creative player. I think the problem is that he's maybe a little more languid, let's say, than, uh, than Giovanni Lo Celso. He doesn't do a whole lot defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not he's not real active off the ball. He's not going to make those off-ball runs to uh, deform an opposing defense in the same way. And I think that's that's a little bit of a concern to me. I think... An Italiano system, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of... I mean, you know, he, he played for Maurizio Sarri, 
and looked good, but also there's a reason that Saudi doesn't want him. Saudi requires a lot of energy, right? And mm -hmm. I think that going through an even more energetic system is a, is a little bit of a concern for me there. Uh, so yeah, I, I think he would be a good signing, but I think for the amount of money that it would cost to pry him away, he is signed through 2025, even though the club sounds like they're trying pretty hard to move on from him, would offer a pretty big discount. I, I don't like this one as much. I mean, I think he would still improve Fiorentina quite a bit. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, I don't see him as being quite as useful as Los Elso uh, as, a, as, a, as a fit for the entire system, I guess, is, is where I'm at with it. Now, now, let me ask you this question. What if we did start positioning, which I think is a mistake, Mondragado and uh, um, Amrabat together with him, uh, which now you're getting two of those defensive mid players and allowing him to stay up top. Is that going to be a better fit in your mind? I think it would be a better fit for him. I don't know if I like that before the rest of uh, for the rest of how the team plays. I've actually we've been hearing about this that mm -hmm. Italiano wants to try out a four two three one a little bit more, and I'm uh, I'm honestly not as convinced by that idea, just because the uh, one of the key features of Italiano's system last year was the midfielders pressing super high up enforcing turnovers uh, when the opposing defense was in possession. And I think if you pull a midfielder further back, that's one fewer player who can get farther forward like that. And it means the pressing isn't going to work as well. It might offer a little more solidity, but like, I don't think that's something Italiano worries about very much. He's not really interested in spending a lot of time without the ball in defending deep in two banks of four. That's, pretty much antithetical really to his entire approach. So the more I think about it, a 4-2-3-1 makes sense in the in the attacking phase, but I don't see it making sense as much without the ball. Yeah. And yeah. It, it would also require Amrabat and Mandragora to get through so much running to compensate for uh, Luis Alberto. And I don't know if that's the best best way to do it. What, you got any any other thoughts on that? And, and and I know you said they may have to do more running. My fear is maybe they just also won't get as far up the pitch rather than doing the more running, uh, which is is my fear. The last thing that I'll say here is I, I, I'm also going to make another plug here for Lacelso. I think he's going to be more motivated by this move. You know, he's somebody that has a lot of opportunity to get into the Argentina uh, national team. He's played a lot more. Um than, than Alberto has uh, for, for Spain. And he's also coming off of, uh, you know, decent years, but, you know, he's, he's being let go by his club versus, you know, here's Alberto, who's already been a stud. And, and I don't want to say the word legend, but he's almost a legendary player for Lazio over the past few years. I, I'd imagine this is a player that they would bring back once he retires and, and he's going to be somebody that, you know, can come around and, and, and be a persona and, and somebody the fans would love to see meet and greet and shake hands with, take pictures with. I, I, I think that uh, Alberto just won't be as motivated as La Celso would be. And, and again, I can be completely wrong on that one. That's just an opinion, but because of that, I'm going to add that into why I would prefer La Celso at this point. I think that's a valid point. I think one of the one of the points uh, producer Mike raises is that we could maybe see Luis Alberto 
as more of a second striker in a four four two. But again, I'm not crazy about that idea. Uh, I think he's not with all the strikers we have too at this point. Yeah, I don't think he's got the mobility. I don't. I just it just doesn't. I just don't see him as as a second striker, especially. I think he likes to play deeper. I think he likes to be more involved in the buildup and less involved in that off off ball running, which you need if you're playing a four four two with two strikers up there. You really need them running in behind and being active. And that's, again, Luis Alberto, wonderful player. I don't like watching him because I don't like watching Lazio for various reasons. But he is clearly a class, class act on the field. So, I, again, I think he would improve Fiorentina for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's as good of a fit as Lo Celso. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Good. Uh, we'll tell you what, let's, let's introduce a little bit of a wild card here. Uh, especially because neither one of us speaks a word of French. And so we're probably going to say this very, very wrong. And apologies, uh, Francophone listeners. Uh, but Benjamin Beauregard. Be- Beauregard? Be- if he's good enough, we could call him Beauregard. I don't know, man. I'm Benjamin I'm, B? Benny B. I like Benny yeah. B. Yeah. Benny B sounds good. We'll go with it. Yeah, Benny B. Uh Plays mostly on the wing at Roms, but he has played through the middle sometimes as more of a 10. And he's been fantastic for the past couple of years. Uh, he's been, I've seen him linked recently uh, quite a bit from a, new, a number of uh, a number of sources who I trust quite a bit. So I think there may have been contact so far. He's, he's not young. He's, despite having uh, a serious baby face on him, he is 28. Uh, but he's got a deal that expires in 2023. So I think you could probably get him for something like 15-ish if Rons don't think he's going to extend his contract. Well, do you have any opinions on him in particular? I mean, honestly, I've never seen the player play. Uh, I'll be in, I'll admit it here. I've never even heard of him before today's <laughs> conversation. Um you know, so as we were kind of preparing for this, I, I was just trying to find a couple reasons why he would make sense over Lacelso. Because I, I think at this point, we've gone down the path of Lacelso being number one, Alberto being number two, or, or maybe somebody else, but Lacelso's number one, at least uh, based off of the conversation. So, you know, the, the next thing I was thinking is maybe he's taller. You know, we, we have a pretty tall midfield, but maybe he is. But I was surprised to see that Lacelso is only, you know, maybe an inch shorter. Uh, I, I, I was I was I was thinking that Lacelso was going to be a, a, a lot shorter, but no. Um, you know, he, he is somebody that is creative. He's scored goals. He's he's created and assisted in some. And from a valuation standpoint, you can see that there's been a lot of hard work over the years because his value has only increased, um, which is what you like to see. I mean, LaCelso had that spike and then it's come down. But uh, uh, again, I haven't seen him play. I don't know what his strengths. I'm going to leave that to you. Um, but I, I, I don't see anything at surface value that tells me that he's a better option than LaCelso other than he may be easier to get. Yeah, I think signing him would probably be much less difficult. I think he would also come quite a bit cheaper. I think you're probably looking at somewhere in the 10 to 15 million range for him. Uh, Probably wouldn't take nearly as much in wages either. Uh, I think 
again, he would be playing sort of a, a Gaetano Castrovilli role a little bit as that most attacking midfielder. And a little bit like Luis Alberto, he's a he's a wonderful passer, extremely creative. Uh, I think creates a lot of chances, scored double-digit goals, tallied double-digit assists last year, which is a, you know, that's impressive for anyone. Yep. Uh, I, so, yeah, I really like him. He's willing to do the running. He's active, mobile. Uh, the thing is, he's not a great dribbler. He's almost entirely a, a passer. Is which his, is a concern. Yeah, and he's I, he doesn't get through a whole lot of defensive work, although I think with Italian, I think that might be more systemic with Rons than anything else. So to me, he, I, in some ways, I'd almost rather see him than Alberto, just because he would be a lot cheaper than Luis Alberto, for yeah. sure. I think what really stands out to me, though, is that uh, these links to guys like Rolando Mantragora and Luis Alberto, uh, Benjamin Bo- Benny B, we're going to stick with, <laughs> definitely sticking with. Yeah. Uh, we're, I think this might be where we're really seeing Italiano's fingerprints on the club. We're not seeing midfielders who are dribblers at all. We're seeing midfielders who are not, I mean, maybe sort of mobile, but not super mobile. Instead, what we're seeing are fullbacks who want to get forward. And we're seeing wingers who are really quick. And I think... That says a lot about what Italiano is interested in his squad doing. It seems like he almost wants everything rotating around the central three with the fullbacks bombing on, the wingers dropping in or moving inside, coming deep for the ball, the strikers coming deep or the strikers drifting wide and working the channels. But the midfielders are going to largely just kind of stay put and be that reference point. And I think that's that's a really interesting a tactical thing, and it does make me wonder a little bit about the long-term fit of a guy like Gaetano Castrovilli, whose whose primary attribute is that he is one of Italy's best midfield dribblers. Did you know that he was a uh, former dancer? Wait, what? What? Huh? M- Matteo Benetti? Is that you? Huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think that's a, uh, yeah, oh boy. We, we, we got to get another, we got to get another fact on Tanino at some point in there. <laughs> uh, I, I will say though, on, on Castrovilli, it is exciting to see him in training right now. Uh, so quickly. Yeah. Way ahead. I, I thought he was going to be out till at least October. And I, I mean, he's not training with the team. He's, he's working on his own, doing his rehab, doing strength, doing running uh, on the side, but that's just, that's been really nice to see him get back with the team so quickly and he looks like he's thrilled to be there. Uh, I think everyone else is probably thrilled he's there too. Yeah. And I think it's also going to help him so much because, I mean, last summer he didn't get any preseason work with the team because he was out on international duty with Italy winning the Euros with his, you know, nine minutes or whatever it was that he played altogether. Uh, but, I mean, it meant that he hit the ground, uh, whatever the opposite of running is, in a completely new system. And I think it took him a while to adjust. And I mean, he's not getting the same work in this year again, but he's, he's around the team. He can listen to Italiano. He can see what, what his job is supposed to be. And I think that's going to help him. So I'm, I'm completely sold on a, uh, on a big Castrovilli year as well. And I think that's going to be 
really cool to see him sort of redeem himself a little bit after a, after a year or two yeah, in and, the wilderness. And, and listen, you know, at this point, I, I think he's really serious about uh, his training, his profession, and keeping his legs fresh. Um, he, he got engaged and got married very quickly. And we know during that engagement phase, you know, your legs may be a little bit tired from other things. And after you get married, well, you know, hey, those things may not happen as much and your legs may be a little bit more fresh. So uh, good for him. He's serious about training. That's, that's what I took out of it. Father of the year. Mike McCormack at it again. <laughs> I, I almost kept the straight face for that. Dang it. <laughs> oh boy. All right. All right. All right. Let's uh let's wrench this back on track. And uh, uh let's talk about some uh some guys who are leaving. And I think we got to start out with uh with Bart Dragovsky again. Uh, it sounded like he was pretty close to moving to Espanol, which I mean, in some ways, I would have been thrilled for him because, like, who doesn't want to live in Barcelona? If you can't live in Florence, Barcelona is a pretty dang good uh, runner-up prize, I would say. But it sounds like that didn't quite come together. So he's still kind of hanging in the wind. Uh, have you heard anything else about where he might be going next? You know, it, it's weird to see this one play out because there was so much attention and and desire from several clubs i i almost wonder if, if part of the reason why he's here if not almost all the reason why he's here is we wanted to hold out for too much money you know it would have made a lot of sense for him to go to espanol personally it would have made a tremendous amount of sense for fiorentina to get him out of said the last thing that you want is to send him inside a Serie A and then try to prove you guys wrong twice a year. Like, that's not what you want. And go back to the podcast that we've had over the past six months, eight months, around when he was benched and what happened to his transfer value. And, and again, you, you know him as a player better than I do. But the one thing that I wanted to hone in on was what Fiorentina was doing as, as they put him on the bench week in and week out, spoken not negatively, but not positively about him, that they were diminishing that transfer value. And here we are. Um, they should have taken the money. I, I think what they were offering seven and then they wanted to hold out for like eight or nine or 10. And why, you know, get that 7 million you know that part of the reason why you're only getting seven instead of 12 is because you benched them um, and move on. You have 7 million now that you can spend versus having to wait and see in an awkward situation where you're going to put this guy. And, and he's a stud. You don't want John Gofsky hanging around and said, yeah, like let's get him out and let's find him a place where he's going to be happy because he's been a good citizen in Florence. He should be able to go where he wants to. And yeah, Barcelona, whew, that's a great place for him in that beard. They uh, would appreciate that physique out there. I mean, it might get a little bit warm right there at, uh, in Spain, honestly. But then eh, he just gets a little sweaty. They'll appreciate it even more. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, yeah, I think a glistening a glistening Bart is a good Bart indeed. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really think that he's going to end up, I think he should end up in England. I think that a, a team in the sort of, that what middle half of the premier league really ought to be looking at him 
or championship. I mean, when you see the money that the championships thrown around these days, it's not a bad thing to go down there. There's a lot of talented players. Yeah, there, there are a lot. There is a lot of talent in the championship. Those TV rights, those make a difference. Holy smokes. But yeah, I think that a move to England where, you know, his shot stopping is going to be a big deal. People won't worry as much about, I feel like a goalkeeper who's, could maybe play as a midfielder down, uh, down, you know, below the Man City, Liverpool level. I, uh, I just, I don't, yeah. I think get seven, eight mil for him and send him on his way. Cause you're right. He has been such a good citizen. I mean, just, we, we laid it out in the, in the last episode, so we don't have to get into it again, but I'm just, I, I'm just torn up about how, how he's, how his time at Florence has gone. It's really just not been easy for him. And I think for no, through no fault of his own. So yeah, let's let's hope that that works out too. Cause also it's gotta be just so deeply uncomfortable for everyone involved, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine in goalkeeper training that is not that just, just the tension around that has to be bizarre. Uh, uh Nikola Milenkovic suddenly whispers that he might signing a new deal what's going on here so so here's another contract situation that we've discussed from a business standpoint i i I am wondering why we haven't tried to negotiate with him and and i'll bring up another situation that's playing out igor so he has two years left and that one club option but we still don't want to negotiate like let's start getting in a little bit earlier um why didn't we negotiate the extension with Milankovic during the season? Uh, you know, he has an agreement and the club is going to honor it. I mean, in, in the club's defense, if they get a $15 million option and he wants to leave, he's gone. Let, let's just get it back on, on a positive standpoint. So three-year extension, $2 million plus bonuses has been discussed. And can he get more? outside yes but listen you know as i as i see how comfortable he is in florence he genuinely loves it fiorentina surrounding him with a bunch of his his compatriots on the national club why like you know hey that that might be a very good situation for him to build a a very good career and maybe he's the bandiera that that we've been looking for 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 many many years and he's just been under our nose the entire time. Sign him up. I'm I'm all about the extension. Sign him up. Yeah, I'm, I couldn't agree more. He's I would say he's less the bandiera, less the flag than the flagpole because he's just so dang tall. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I don't know what that is in, in Italian though. So we'll have to we'll have yeah, to look we'll, that up. We'll, we'll we'll get a little Google Translate on that. Uh, producer Mike is on it, but while he's typing in there, I'm just going to fill some time. Uh, and I do think that Milenkovic, if he's willing to sign, you have to sign him for no oh, yeah. other reason than it means that you can then sell him for more next year. Uh, I think also, under no circumstances can you sell him to Juventus, right? I mean, Fiorentina's three best players when Rocco Camiso bought the club, I think by most people's standards, I mean, you could maybe throw Bart Drogowski in here as well. But I think most people would agree it was Federico Chiesa, Dusan Vlaovic, and Nikola Milenkovic. Yep, absolutely. 
And if you sell those three in three successive years to Juventus, I think uh, people are going to say some very, very mean things about you. We know that Rocco is not very partial to that. Can't say I blame him. I don't like people saying mean things about me either. But there is a certain something there that is just a bad look. Mm -hmm. And I think especially now that Napoli have already lined up their Koulibaly replacements, Mm -hmm. that that market has evaporated. Uh, Mm -hmm. I still think that Milan Skriniar might end up leaving Inter. I think that some English club is... Debatable now. It looks less likely, but I think in like three weeks, some English club is going to panic because they tend to and then spend 60 million on him and then Inter will be ready to go with the replacement. Uh, But uh, you you just can't, you can't let him go determined. You just can't, you can't do it. I agree. I agree. And so, Uh, yeah, I I think getting the chance to sign him to an extension it does give the team a lot more leverage in that. And they can say to Juve, if they come in like, Hey, we got them under contract for X number of years. You can go. And I quote Greg Popovich here, urinate in a bucket. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll just let that one marinate there. Not in the bucket, of course. Yeah, you don't want to let that bucket ferment for too long. Yeah, no, no. No, It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, Listen, the the whole Juve situation, I'm with you. Um, I don't think it's debatable. You you have in valuation Chiesa, Vlahovic, Milenkovic, three players that are more valuable than what Rocco bought the entire club for three years ago now. Okay. And you sell those three players, and you got a lot of money for Chiesa. You got a lot of you got a very very good deal for Vlahovic, and and, and probably not so good a deal for Milankovic. But you sell all three top players to Juventus. That that is not a good look for those fans that are questioning and and. I know Barone doesn't make decisions based off of fans who are questioning, and he's more <laughs> likely to say then don't be fans of Fiorentina. But it is right to ask. It is right to debate. It is right to not be happy if, in the end, we sell a third stud, absolute stud, that came up through our system to Juventus. I cannot do it cannot under any circumstances sell our third best player to Juventus. That is absolute bullshit. No. no yeah. I, I think we're in pretty good agreement there. So yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's hope that the, uh, this extension renewal for an extension goes through. Yeah. I really hope so. And it's, it sounds like Milankovic is open to at least listening to the club. Yeah. Talking it over. Get him a romance with, you know, Jovic and Nastasic, I don't, I, you know, and Tertic. Uh, yeah, well. maybe, maybe we'll upgrade those other two, but mid, still. Jovic, Jovic for sure. Jovic yeah, for definitely. Sure. And, 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 and you know, Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. So, I mean, two out of four? It's okay, I guess, right? So, Eric might be moving to uh, Flamengo is the <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Eric might, I mean, I think we all kind of assumed he was moving out, right? Like, has to. Italiano decided he didn't want him last year, sent him to Galatasaray. I think everyone assumed they were going to buy him, and that didn't that didn't work out for various reasons. So I, th- I don't think it's any huge surprise. Uh, Eric, you know, back to Flamengo, I think makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, if I, I mean, I think he could still play in Europe if he wanted to, but if he wants to get closer to home, and he is famously very, very close with his family, I think that would make some sense for him. Maybe he should stay away from that area, though. I don't know. You, there's also that lot of uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of really uncomfortable stuff going on there. Again, mm-hmm. I at least don't know enough to make any comments about that right now. Uh, other than I, I think we discussed this on a previous episode, but this does bear bringing up again. I think even though we don't really want to, uh, he was he threw a party at his place in uh, Antofagasta in Chile and a bunch of bunch of people came over and a woman uh the next morning or i don't know if it was the next morning maybe a day or two later uh claimed that she was sexually assaulted at this party and uh from what from what we can tell eric is cooperating with authorities uh to the fullest extent uh, and says that he doesn't know what happened he's has no clue what everyone was doing at every point in time at his at his house, which I mean, you know, I presume we've all been to house parties. That is fair, but it's a really, really awful look for a guy who has had some pretty, History. yeah, some pretty awful moments in his in his career. Personally, yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. I yeah. A lot yeah. of uh, Be- lot being associated with 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 murder or or however you want to classify it and vehicular manslaughter, I think and, was the legal ruling. Sexual assault, rape is not a good look for anybody. Like those are typically the two big ones you want to avoid. The uh, yeah, on the Mount Rushmore of crime. Yes, those are definitely uh, definitely two of the faces. And, yeah, uh, listen, I, I think in this situation, it's time for Pulgar to leave personally. And and I know you were a fan of his, and, and I think that there's definitely some potential. I never thought it, it materialized. I didn't see him as the fit for our midfields. Um, and, and his playing time diminished over the past couple of years, rightly so, in my opinion. Um, get him out. That, that's, yeah. that's just simply simply put. Now, here's my question for you. As a player who came from another team in Serie A, how did he not have a European passport? And 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 how was he still one of those players that qualifies for a non-EU spot? Like, what happened there? Who, who botched that up? Uh, oh, boy. I have no idea. I That's what I'd that like to know. He, I believe that because he came from a non-EU team directly to uh, Bologna, that he maintained that non-EU player status throughout so i will say one of the positives about him leaving i mean again now that rolando mondraga is here and it sounds like he's going to be playing as a regista uh pulgar is clearly expendable in this team yep so i think that if nothing else selling him and freeing up that non-eu spot so that we could finally see this dodo deal get signed and sealed and delivered would be great 
Agreed. And, yeah. So I, I think that's really the big one at this point is that, uh, I mean, Flamengo probably won't pay a huge fee for, for Eric. Uh, probably what? Just give him five. Honestly, somewhere between five and eight mil, I would assume. I don't even see it getting that high, to be honest. Yeah. Three? Is that three. what producer Mike? He's, he's waving fingers at me, and I think it might be three, or it might be telling me to read. He might be telling me to read between read the lines. Read between the lines said. there, I think, is what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, there that, it is. Okay, one, one. One, uh, one. He, he, you're number one. one. He's saying uh, you're number one. Oh, man, thanks, producer Mike. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think freeing up that, uh, <laughs> I think freeing up that non-EU slot at this point is probably yeah. the most important thing. That's the thing. value. That's the value. Who cares what we get from it? Fiorentina doesn't need any more negativity associated with it. He wrote an article this week on who we're playing against Qatar. We have Kokorin who's still here. We'll talk about him, but we don't need any more negativity. And if we can actually move this player to bring in Dodo, which is super, super, super positive, just do it. Get get it over and done with. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree. And hey, yeah, while we're talking about negativity, uh, obviously you can't talk about negativity at Fiorentina without talking about Alexander Kokorin, right? Captain negative. And yeah, you know, speaking of people who have been found legally liable for horrific crimes. Near murder, yeah. Yeah, well, no, I mean, not quite. He didn't He didn't kill anyone, just permanent near, brain damage. Near, near. Permanent brain damage, which, you yeah. know, um, anyways, it, he is not at Moena, which one, Thank goodness for that. Don't want that dude anywhere near like anyone with a pulse, but specifically anyone with a pulse who plays for Fiorentina. And elderly men. Yeah, well, oh God, that too. Uh, Or, you know, young women, uh, given his most recent escapades. Pictures. Yeah, not getting into into his jet ski Mm. date with an underage Russian Instagram model again. Mm. Hmm. Nothing, you know, just pictures. There is nothing we can say about what's going on there or the placement of hands or anything like that. Hmm. Um, it sounds like he might be on his way out. Uh, not at, not called into Moena. Uh, we've been hearing rumors, or at least I have, that Torpedo Moscow yeah. is is making an offer. So here's my question. What percentage of his astronomical salary <laughs> would you be willing to pay to get him the out of Florence. So here's what I would say. If you're asking me, it's all. If you're asking Barone, who has admitted, who has admitted that this was his biggest mistake since he's been at the club. um, I don't know if it's all because again, he ties his value to the money he saves Rocco. So I think probably 50 is the number that he'd be willing to pay. But we should be willing to get rid of him, his negativity, because they, they realize that, again, he's not around the club, rightly so. Um, he's come out publicly and said he wants to have a chance to earn his spot back. And the club's like, no, fuck no, get the fuck out of here. So uh, that's where we're at. And, and the, it's all going to come down to financial terms. We should be willing to just buy him out of his contract, which would probably be a number close to about 80%. You know, when you think about historical buyouts, I, I would be willing to pay him out and just cash him out the way we should have done Cyril Tirio years ago and uh, send him out. But I, I think the number's probably 50. I think that's about right. And that's I fair. Think... That's fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to pay Torpedo Moscow 
uh, what what's that going to be a, a few a couple million euro a year to just make this problem go away? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, they've already torpedoed themselves. So what's with one more? Uh, Producer Mike, if you could insert a rim shot sound effect here, we'd appreciate it. Just yeah. uh, and hey, speak. Well, you know, now that we're talking about happy things and uh, and Cochran leaving, which oh, is happy the, day, the happiest thing. I gotta say, uh, you know, not confusing causation and correlation, but not having him there at the squad looks very happy. Very. I know we've seen lots fans of, are very uh, happy. Yeah, the fans are obviously thrilled. We've seen all the reporting this time of year. Everything looks rosy. Everyone's getting along. Uh, did, does that feel like a, a different thing to you? Is that are, are you are you on board with all the all the happy vibes coming out of Moena right now as they as they prepare to head up to Austria? I, I will say, reporting back from a lot of the viola clubs, from a lot of the fans that are are local in Florence, who have been negative at times, and I would say. <laughs> the second half of the season <laughs> through probably the first three weeks of the postseason, there was a lot of negativity surrounding the club. Um, some unjust, but some very justly uh, due to the club. Or is this uh, a reference to Lucas Torreira by any chance? Is this Tupus <laughs> Lucas? Torreira, Italiano, thankfully Italiano pushed through, persevered and got that done. But um, the, the, everything's positive. And and to be completely honest, there's there's you should be positive. Like there's there's a lot of good things happening around this club right now. Um, the logo is is much bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's not that little tiny thing that we saw. <laughs> so let's start there. It looks great. It looks absolutely great on the uniforms. So Talking, Ma- to- Mike, I, I gotta. I know this is tough. But when you look at the logo on, on the screen of your cell phone, that's not actually the size it is. It might actually be bigger. That's, I, this is complicated, but we're going to get through this together, buddy. I promise. Pixelation, man. I'm telling you, you know, it, it's tricky for us old people. I'm going to be 40 in a couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm on the down. I'm on the downturn here. Um, you know, the, the, the jerseys uh, that they rolled out, the kits, you know, I, I think they look great. And um, I know a lot of people are, are questioning some of the uh, flamboyancy of the one. I love it. I think that's exactly what the younger groups love to see and, and buy from, from a jersey. Uh, we needed that. We were missing that for a long time. So, so let's just start out with some of the very positive changes that Barone himself is responsible for. He changed the kit manufacturer. He really brought back some new creative designs. I love seeing that. Fans are back in full force. I've seen several of them, which were not happy, head up to Moena and and proudly display their their um, banner, their flag, uh, across a lot of the uh, the fences there. Wonderful to see, and and everybody's just seems to be happy with the signings that we've had thus far. You know, we're, we're six months removed from Dushan leaving, so so a lot of that is played out, and and having. Jovic come in, he scored four goals in that, you know, and, and again, you know, first game, right? First game. Um, but but there was a lot of joy, a lot of excitement. And, and the second game had a lot of goals too, 13. So uh, I, I, I like what I'm seeing. And I, I think a lot of others do. 
are you, are you on board? Are you on board? I don't care. I really <laughs> don't care about these preseason games against your against your sister's boyfriend's cousin's amateur team. Like it, it, it would be like watching me play against a bunch of six-year-olds and then saying, man, Tito really looks like he's ready to make that, uh, make that jump up to the next level this year. Like you're, you're assuming that you were going to beat the six-year-olds in this scenario though. Oh, I'm pretty sure I got the six-year-olds. You get up to seven, I'm in trouble, but I can take some six-year-olds. All right. Well, that that may be actually the hottest topic in the, in the uh, comment section below is Tito versus six-year-olds in a soccer game. Who's winning? I'm pretty sure I got the six-year-olds. I'm confident. Okay. I'm no, I'm I'm pretty good on that. I'm pretty sure. The, Again, the you start getting What's facial that? hair, intimidation I, I, with the facial hair. I do have a beard. Yeah. Just the intimidation factor over literal children that a beard gives you is significant. As I mean, alcohol noticed, breath. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. As you well know. Um, <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> hey, come in. So yeah, I, I just don't really care. I mean, every year we see this. Uh, the team comes together at Moena. Everyone's happy. Everything's great. They're beating some group of amateurs, you know, thirteen nil, and it's fun and like everyone's in a good mood. Like, I'm interested to see what happens, you know, once the games that matter start. I mean, even in like the friendly against Galatasaray that's going to be this week or against a. Uh, Betty's in a couple of weeks. Those are going to be where I start actually paying attention and caring about what's happening. Uh, more so, you know, Fiorentina's got a reasonably uh, reasonably tough slate to start the season, right? Like, there's a there's a couple of couple of tough games in there that are coming up. I mean, you know, you get you get out against Cremonese, then you get Empoli, Napoli, away at Udinese. Juventus, I mean, those are all tough, tough games. And so I think if Fiorentina come out of that with, you know, only four points, six points or something, I want to see how fast that mood turns. If they travel to, you know, some city in Kazakhstan for a conference league game and get punched in the mouth and lose three nil, I want to see how the team reacts right now. I just, I don't think there's anything you can read uh, from the preseason in terms of what the team is actually going to do other than one Antonio Rosati is the MVP of the team always and forever, <laughs> which and he may two, sing, which he may sing. He might, I, if he has a song, I would love to hear it. Hey, yeah. uh, maybe you can do, maybe you can drop like a, a guest, a guest track or a guest first on a, on the next glorious single. But uh, in two, I think that seeing the players get along is nice. Uh, I think this is something where Jonathan Ikone, I know a lot of people thought that he was a very disappointing signing, but he seems like someone who is really kind of moved between all the social groups in the team and got Culturally along with everyone. Culturally a great fit. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot to be said for having guys like that yep. who really pull the, the, the team together. And so, I mean, that's that's kind of interesting to see, but also... I don't know how much it actually means. Like, let's see what happens when the team has to face some sort of adversity. And right now, they haven't. So, so, so the only thing that I'm just going to disagree with on here is let's go back to the past few trips to Moena. They haven't been positive. They haven't been positive. The, the negativity from the fan base 
the negativity from the media because we didn't go into a Mercado early. But the past few seasons, it's all been sell, 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 sell. And we can't buy until we sell. We have way too many players we must sell. And we had too many players that we couldn't sell. And what did we do? We waited until the last three days for Mercado. And we would buy players. And then we would sell like our biggest player at that time as well. I, I, I do believe fundamentally there's a difference. And fundamentally there's a reason to be much more positive about this season going into the next than in years in, in years prior, um, Prade his, his role with inside of the club has been minimized. It, it's Barone's show. We've said that for a long time, and and as much as you're like, does Barone know what he's doing? Like he's showing he is. Like who would have thought he would have got Jovic for free, for free? Dodo, what right do we have to get a player like Dodo, and we're getting him for a pretty cheap price? There's a lot of positivity around the club. And I think that the club deserves that praise heaped upon them. And the fans are, are right by being excited as they're going up and supporting them because in years prior, they haven't been as positive as they are right now. And thankfully there's reasons to be positive. You know what? I certainly hope that you are proven right out of the two of us. I really do. And I don't, I don't think that's impossible. I don't think it's unlikely. I think the team, right now is building in the right direction towards good things with time but, with, with time, time too yeah. but again, again right now it just none of it matters to me really until we start seeing them play real games against real teams uh with respect to you know trento which is a youth team and uh a couple of echelenza outfits who have topped out in Serie but I'll, I'll tell you what, man, we could we can go offline here and we can discuss this a little bit a little bit. Let's have a break. And we will be back momentarily. And we're back. And since we uh you know, we normally wrap these up with the uh, our players, you know, one Loney, one women's player, and one Primavera player who've been, uh, you know, standouts since the last time we recorded. Not really a whole lot going on there since no one's playing a whole lot. So uh, instead, I got uh, let's let's play a game, Mike. Let's uh, let's start out. Let's each pick one Primavera player who we really want to see step up into the senior team. Uh, one first-team player who we really want to see improve, and one player, either Primavera or senior side, who really needs a loan. Uh, you want to go first, or shall I? Why don't you go ahead? All right, cool. I'll start it out. Uh, one Primavera player I really want to see step up into the senior side, and this one is for you, Hisanka. Dimo Krostev. I think part of that is because I, I think he's probably the best returning Primavera player uh, since Alessandro Bianco is probably going to be heading elsewhere on the loan. So Krastev, I think probably going to stay in Florence. And also looking at Fiorentina's roster, as we've discussed, center back position in a little bit of flux, right? Uh, if anything happens to any of the top three defenders, Milenkovic, Igor, or Lucas Martinez Cuarta, uh, that's 
going to look real thin, that department. That means we're going to probably see Matija Nastasic play some minutes, and nobody really wants that, uh, especially with Fiorentina competing on three fronts. And so to me, the player I want to see step up is a central defender, Dimo Krastev. A little bit of an adjustment period after Akulani moved him into the back line last season, but eventually was absolutely fantastic back there. Uh, I think adds a whole other dimension as a, as a long passer out of the back, set up a bunch of goals with just lovely measured balls over the top. Uh, really good stepping out of the line too to, to chase opposing forwards deep, which as we know is something Italiano really likes in his defenders. So a, a lot of things honestly look like they're shaping up for Krostev to maybe get a, uh, get a chance at some point this year. And boy, how do I hope he does and that he shines? Because otherwise, central defense looking mighty thin. Uh, where, where are you? Who you got? Uh, yeah, first thing, comments on, on that. I, I think that that's a great choice. Um, I think the fact that, that he has a lot of time in midfield, defensive midfield, is going to bring that skill set that is unique. And something that is necessary, as you mentioned, in the Italiano system. So um, if he can flourish in that role, I mean, that that's going to be a great situation where we may not have to buy and spend as much money as somebody else would think about. But I don't know if I would necessarily trust him if we saw Milankovic to move into that third slot, more along the lines of Nastasic gets bumped to the fifth and he can come into that fourth spot. So uh yeah, uh, very, very, very good choice. And, 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 you know, you. to be honest, to be honest, you know, I'm going to go with some similar logic here. Um, where can we potentially get some depth rather than having to go out to the market? Uh, where can we get that depth internally, develop that player from, from our uh, Primavera system and uh, see what we have for the future. I'm going to go with Davide Gentile. Um, Ooh, deep cut like it. I, I, I like I like the profile. Uh, I like the, what he brings to the club. And uh, again, you know, the progression that he's had, I, I think that there's definitely an opportunity. Um, I, I know that Venuti is is your guy and, and he's sitting in that second slot right now. But uh, somebody needs to push him. Um, you know, my my personal opinion is he has a great story he's uh you know born and raised he's been bred with the viola uh, colors um but he needs to really push himself to to continue to earn wearing the the viola colors especially if we're going to be growing uh, as a club into more european opportunities um I, I think Gentile is somebody that we could do that internally rather than go out and actually purchase somebody. Uh, you know, back to yours, Delamora is another player uh, who was out on loan last year. I know he's out on loan again, that I think will have a very good opportunity to develop and potentially come in uh, as a uh, alternative for uh, a center back position. But um, I, my, my answer is definitely Gentile. And I, I, Curious to see where he's going to develop over the years. I mean, great, great surname for a uh, for an Italian defender. Also, gotta gotta give him that. I, I think he probably wants another year at Primavera level. Yeah, yep. for sure. But if he's if he's really good there, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get like a you know stoppage time substitute cameo uh, at some point this year in like a three zero win. And yeah, maybe in Salernitana, we'll get to see your guy. 
There you go. Pretty that, cool. Somebody picks up a knock. There's somebody that can come in potentially. potentially. At least in this. At least in this scenario. No, I like that. I, I think Gentile is a great chat, and I'm I'm glad that we're I'm glad we're both thinking about this in pretty much the exact same terms. Uh, we'll tell you what. Uh, one first team player who has to improve. Uh, you want to start this one, or you want me to do it? Uh, I'll start. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest. I, I took your lead in the fact that I saw you put two players there, Uh-oh. so you broke the rules. Now you're so, getting me so in trouble I'm with producer the Mike bus. now. No, okay. producer oh my. Mike, it, it's not my Tire fault this time. Across my back. It is absolutely Tito's fault. So um, I'm, I'm going to pick two: LMQ and Akone. I know we picked up on Akone earlier. He came in, plenty of opportunity, plenty of uh, uh, promise, but didn't necessarily deliver. Uh, and, and I think from a delivery standpoint, great dribbler, can pass very quick. He needs to score, you know? So when we're looking at where we need from uh, w- what we need from some of these players in order to make the next step uh, leap forward, Akone needs to score. So, so that's number one, uh, no matter what happens to Milankovic, LMQ has to get back to the promise that we know he has uh, the success that he's had with the uh, national club. And um some, some of the performances that we saw early on rather than later on in the year. Uh, he, he's somebody that has been linked to other opportunities, but we still haven't seen him deserve it, at least in my opinion. Uh, so he, he definitely needs to elevate his game, take it up a notch and, and show us what he's capable of before we lose him, you know, without actually seeing what, what he can do uh, with a Viola club uh, shirt on. So th- those are the two that I'm going to put. And I think honestly, if, if, if even just one of those two elevates their, their uh, performance this year, we're going to have a, a sizable uh, jump from a uh, team standpoint. Um, you know, so, so th- those, those are the, to the two that I'm going to look at. No, How about you? Been- uh, no, I, I like the Lucas Martinez Cuarta shout. I think he's going to get a lot more burn this year. Yeah, as Fiorentina play on three fronts, I think that's going to, I think that's going to really give him a lot more minutes, and I think that's just what he needs. Discipline. Give him more time to. He needs discipline, in my opinion. Uh, you're saying you don't want to see him uh, leading the leading the uh, counter after a corner in his own box, popping up. The there are some times I think he's just going to run over to the Cuerva and starts like high fiving people. Like, is he even going to stop at the at, at at the pitch? I don't know. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. That's I think it's you and me it's both. infectious. It's one of the reasons you got to love him. And yeah, Ikone too. I think is a good shout. If he if he really hits, if he gets it together, and turns into the player who I think he probably can be scores uh, i'm i'm convinced that uh i'm convinced that he's gonna be a really good player i think yeah. having a, a full preseason with the team is gonna help a whole lot i mean it's it's just tough for a player those who moves in january out. yeah it's really those tough. Up. and so i think yeah having a little bit more stability the whole season to kind of figure out what he's supposed to be doing is only going to help him and hopefully also, yeah, Italiano can drop him in front of a goal and just say, all right, now practice shooting the goal, like shooting the ball into the goal for like an hour every day. And you're yeah. going to be fine, John, yeah. we promise. It's like a video game. Uh, essentially, yeah. Just, Which, just, just an X. It's all good. And we, and we do know that Ikona is a big time gamer. We've seen that video of him and uh, Jovic and Milankovic playing NBA 2K and kicking him out of his room after. <laughs> ah, that was good stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go. You know, because I'm uh, 
the hipster scum aspect of this uh of this podcast duo i'm gonna go slightly more obscure uh the first guy i'm flagging up is alexa tercic uh because cristiano baraghi can't play every minute of every game in three competitions and there's no other real left back on the roster i mean we know that theoretically igor can do it but he also turned himself into one of Serie A's better central defenders last year so and rainieri seems to be rumored Ranieri to be leaving to- yeah, Ron Harry seems like he's on his way out. And so that's I don't much, understand. But yep. I, I, Ron Harry, from what I understand, he really wants to play as many minutes as he can. He understands that's not going to happen in Florence. And, you know, for a young player, I respect him trying to establish himself and I wish him all all the all the luck in the world. I think that's a perfectly reasonable stance for him to have. But yeah, Terzic, uh, I mean, it's not like he played a lot of minutes last year either. But while he was out there, he did not impress me. Uh, He always seemed a little bit shaky, seemed like he let people go by him way too easily, seemed like his his sense of spacing and marking weren't very good. He didn't offer all that much going forward. And so I think that, I mean, again, young player, he's also only been a fullback for like two or three years. He was originally a winger uh in serbia and and made the switch only like six months before fiorentina snapped him up so he's he's very he's still relatively new to the position for a for a guy who's been a professional for years but if we don't see a lot of growth from him i think we're gonna i think this team's gonna be in trouble because he he needs to play fairly heavy minutes i think he needs to get to you know a thousand total minutes this season and those need to be good minutes and otherwise uh things are going to be bad so he's the one i think the other guy i'm really interested in seeing step up is uh jacob rasmussen because he uh, we talked about him a little bit on the last podcast had a great year at vitesse uh left-footed defender size he's pretty quick uh decent on the ball he looks like he should be the kind of guy who fits in as Igor's backup perfectly. Uh, but he also has been a guy who's never played in Florence, despite being on the books for, what, a couple, couple years now, just been on loan. Uh, he was fantastic in the Conference League with Vitesse last year, too, which is nice. So hopefully he can provide that uh that fourth central defender so that Dimo Krastev can be eased in and Matija Nastasic, who, again, seems like a lovely guy, and it was really fun to see him return to Florence and all that. Uh, Take pictures while he's eating at restaurants in Florence and post yeah, them on I think Instagram. That's, yeah, I think that's his idea. He's ideal a natural role. there. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he's a – he reminds me a little bit of Nenad Tomovic in that he's the guy you want on the squad but not on the field. Hmm. Uh, Agreed. So, no, I'm hoping that Rasmussen can step up and really – really perform that role and play, you know, maybe a half a dozen to a dozen games and and hold down the four. And if he can, maybe he gets a, a long-term contract and that would be great. So let me ask you this question. And, and you started to go into it. Um, seems like you, you brought up two players that you've highlighted already that, that uh, can kind of both vie for each other's minutes here. Who who would you prefer at this point, Krostev or Rasmussen? Uh, I, I would much rather see Jacob Rasmussen step up. Uh, he's got experience at senior level. Uh, I think he's more developed. If Krostev has to spend another year at, Prima, at Primavera, give him the first half of the season. If he proves he's just 
too good to be playing against a bunch of teenagers. You know, send them on loan for the second half of the season to Serie Bay or something, and see what happens. Uh, I I don't I don't think it's fair to young players, especially mm-hmm. uh, who might not be quite ready to rely on them for play a really big role for a team, uh, especially a team like Fiorentina, which is all things considered a fairly big team. Yeah, on the definitely. world stage, right? Like you know, I tell so, all I my friends that. <laughs> and and they believe you, I'm sure. Uh, but I, I think that's really what I would rather see. I mean, it would be awesome if Krostev stepped up and turned into the, you know, next next world class, yeah, central yeah. defender this club has produced or who's come through the ranks. I would love that. But I also don't think it's particularly helpful to put that kind of weight of expectation on a teenager. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see Rasmussen come through and really justify that what was it eight and a half million the club spent on him not made by not made by this ownership group by the way also true we'll we'll, we'll specify that also um, very true on on Turchic, uh in your opinion at this point would you prefer to allow him to earn his keep in the season or would you prefer us to go out into the market and buy another backup Oh boy, I've been, I think, pretty upfront about this. I think Fiorentina needs to upgrade that spot. I don't think that Alexa is ready at this point in his career for that kind of responsibility. Play that many minutes for a team that's in Europe. I just I just don't think he's there. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, it makes, yeah, this thing with Luca Ranieri wanting to go, uh, David Hansko, same thing. Another another one who got away. I liked him. Me too. I yeah. really liked Hanska. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Fiorentina get out into the Mercado and and sign a uh, specifically a young guy who can spend you know a couple of years learning behind Biragi and uh, and eventually take over that spot. My the guy I would love to see them get is Destiny Udoji out of uh, Udinese. I I think that kid's going to be. Like I, I think he's going to be an Italy international with, you know, fifty to a hundred caps by the time it's all said and done. He looks fantastic to me. Uh, but yeah, I think there's plenty of other options there as well. And also, you know, buying from Udinese, always a little bit tricky because they yep. they drive a tough bargain over there in Udinese, which is you know their whole business model. Good, good on them for it. Yep. All right, well, uh, tell you what, let's let's move this thing on one more time. One player who really, really needs a loan move. Uh, tell you what, I'll start this one, and I'm going to go with a guy who I'm a little bit I'm a little bit sad to list him here, but I think it's Gabriele Gori. Mm-hmm. I think he really needs a move. Uh, you know, he's big, strong striker, somewhere between a target man and a poacher. Uh, and Fiorentina has. You're just going to stick with big and strong as adjectives here. Just, just checking. I mean, if we want to talk about the movie star, good looks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, he looks like he would have been cast in a Fellini movie uh, at some point for sure. It's just so handsome. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's going to play a lot of minutes for the senior side after Jovic arrived. I mean, he and Jovic and, and Kwame's Cabral. still here. Kwame's still around too. Yeah. So he's, he would be, I think the fourth choice striker. Yep. 
which I don't think that suits him. The dude needs to play more minutes. Uh, had a, a reasonably good start on loan last year, but uh, just completely derailed by injuries. Uh, caught coronavirus and missed a while and then suffered a, uh, a pretty bad leg injury that kept him out for the second half of the season. And I, I think he needs to go somewhere, maybe Serie B, maybe in the bottom half of Serie A, somewhere where he's going to play a lot of minutes, either as the starter or as the main backup. And and we gotta we gotta finally evaluate this guy, right? I mean, he's he's gonna be 24 this year, I think. And that that means you know we we still don't know quite what he is at this level. He was obviously a monster with the Primavera. I mean, one of the one of the most physically dominant players I've seen at that level. And I think that once he got to the professional ranks and he wasn't just bigger and stronger and faster uh, than everyone he was playing against the game got a lot harder for him which is what happens with players like that a lot mm-hmm. of the time right yep and i think he's been doing a good job of learning honing his craft figuring out what he has to do i still don't think it's impossible that he eventually becomes a long-term member of the squad probably as a backup striker i don't think he's quite ever going to be a starter for a for a team with fiorentina's ambitions but i think he could do a job off the bench but we, we don't know. We don't know if he's ever going to live up to that. We don't know if he can be that guy. We don't know if his career highlight is going to be the photo of him on Transfer Barked, which if you haven't seen, please go look at because it is magnificent. So, yeah, I, I, I really want to see him get a full year somewhere playing regular minutes and just see who the heck this guy is at the senior level. So, so let me ask you this question, because I think it's a, a, a very good and, and certainly an interesting uh, player to bring up. Gori or Spaluto for the future? Uh, that's tough for a couple of reasons. I obviously don't want to say anything mean about your very large stepson. Uh, but I, I, think, I think why not both right now? I mean, there's Edging. no reason not to keep both of them on keep both of them uh, under team control for a few years, if, if possible. I think right now, I think that Gory might ha- athletically be able to do more. He's, he's quicker, I think. Uh, but I also don't want to bet against Baluto, who just seems like he's got a little bit of that dog in him. And he's always going to do whatever he has to and was fantastic in City G last year. So yeah, I would I would say both, and let's just keep an eye on both of them because I really don't want to answer that question and uh, and catch a roundhouse from uh, from Big Sammy. <laughs> I could certainly understand that, yeah, and, I, and, and you know the future is so hard to predict, and and I thought that was definitely an interesting question to ask with no real answer to it. Yeah, trying to get me in trouble here. All right, then, uh, who, <laughs> who who do you think we need to send on loan? Who's who's your number one guy? So. Uh, player that that was phenomenal last year phenomenal for the primavera uh alessandro bianco right like yes how about we start seeing what the future has for us i think we need to learn from the sotil years of of us keeping him here when he should have been on loan and developing um he 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 should not be on the primavera he needs to get out go on loan and uh, earn his keep somewhere because there is a lot 
a lot of potential inside of this kid. Very smart, very instinctual, very talented, has everything that you want. It's just, will it develop? Will it foster, you know, and, and continue to grow or will it fester and, and, and never materialize? I, I think that this is the year where we can really start to see if he's somebody that we can rely on next year. So after 2022-2023, so going into 2023-2024, I think we'll be able to see if we can start relying on him inside of this midfield, which has been woefully, woefully, not bad, but just still woeful and, and, and not really the depth that we want. But if we can really bring Bianco from the Primavera, from alone into the club, that's what we need. I would love it. Question. Yes. Alessandro Bianco or Samuela Ricci? Oh, <laughs> see, you're doing it to me now, huh? Uh-huh. I deserve that. My I deserve that. Tables. I, I deserve that. Uh, well, I mean, it's easy. Richie. Uh, oh, well, yeah, we got yeah. that. Square yeah, I mean, it is. It is easy. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's it's not necessarily potential. Richie already has it. Um, and, and if we can go back in time to January and buy Richie for how cheap he was sold at that time, it's definitely easy. Um, and and it, it and it was the profile of the player that we needed, the work rate, the hustle. I would I would have been a lot less sore about losing Torreya if we had him, but eh, you know here here nor there I guess. But all right, but but you're still pretty high on Al White, huh? Yeah, now I'm right. a little sad. All right, but hey, maybe maybe Al White can take that all away from you. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us today. McMike, thanks for jumping on despite a uh, difficult evening. Producer Mike, thank you for jumping on despite a difficult evening of an entirely different nature. And uh, yeah, everyone, we'll see you all next time. Viola Station is hosted by Mike and Tito. Producer Mike produced this episode. Our theme song is Great Catch by Windchime Weather. Check them out at windchimeweather.bandcamp.com. Viola Station is the podcast from violanation.com. Viola Nation is part of the SB Nation Network. Forza Viola. Sports Social Podcast Network.